like the Buffalo Bills. What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Join my co-host, Andrew Ogwood. We are back after a nice little week off. Wednesday, March 9th. Um, Not too much went on last week. Um, between the Bills and the Sabres, but boy, do we have a show today. Lots going on in the NFL that really affects the Bills. It's a reunion week for the Sabres. The Bandits play at home this weekend. A lot to dive into. Honestly, I thought we were going to start with some Sabres, but based on the way things have been going in the NFL, it's hard not to start there. So the last week has been pretty crazy. We've had Cole Beasley has been, you know, given permission by Brandon Bean to seek a trade. Uh, They apparently talked it out and they want their, you know, more than happy to have Cole Beasley back if he wants to do so. But it seems like between the COVID stuff and seems like there's some friction there, maybe on his usage last year, that more than likely he might not be a part of this team this year unless maybe he's willing to take a pay cut, which is what it kind of seems like is going on. Then we have all these other articles coming out about Sean McDermott and some of the tension in the locker room, tension between the coaches. If you didn't read Tyler Dunn's article about the last 13 seconds of the game and how some players pretty much thought that McDermott wasn't practicing what he preached as far as being accountable and manning up and doing this and that. And then others saying, you know, the tensions are something that, you know, isn't unexpected because it's just a tense you know, situation when you're two games away from a potential winning of a Super Bowl. You have uh, combine players saying they want to play with Josh Allen, Jameis Williams from Alabama being one of them, see if he might fall far enough in the first round based on the injury. And then yesterday, everyone thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be the headline. Nope. Russell Wilson is traded to the Denver Broncos to create probably the most stacked quarterback division in football and just one more really tough team that the bills are going to probably have to see um, and go through in order to win a super bowl. So Andrew, I'll let you kind of just pick where you want to start a lot going on. Um, Just pick something and let's just go talk about it. Well, let's just start with the fact that the NFL takes King. (laughs) It takes no days off. It's incredible. We are, over a month, uh, just under a month into the off season. And it's just dominating everything. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um, makes our lives easier, right? Cause there's always something to talk about. Um, but oh, where to start? All right, let's start with Russell Wilson coming to the AFC. Wild move. Uh, right. You heard rumblings of it the past couple of years that Russ wasn't happy in Seattle, wanted to, you know, a new start, whatever. Um, it's very obvious. Doesn't matter how much covering up uh, the Broncos try to do. They wanted to get Rogers, found out they were going to get Rogers. So said, OK, screw it. We'll take Russ. Right. So they make that happen. He comes to the AFC now. 
and uh, kitchen gets a little more crowded, right? You have a lot more that you have to worry about and deal with. Um, Nick, you made the point when we were talking about it yesterday. Thankfully, the majority of the stout quarterbacks are in the same conference in the AFC West, right? So they'll beat each other up, uh, which is good. But it doesn't make anything easier for the Bills, right? I mean, it just – I said this yesterday – when we were talking about it, I mean, it's it's kind of it's frustrating. You finally get good, have an incredible chance, a shot at the championship at the Super Bowl for the first time in 30 years. Right. It feels like it's our time. And it just is does not get easier for you. It's very frustrating. Um, it's discouraging in a way. But right, this team is still in a great spot, better spot than most, right? I mean, they're still betting favorites with everything that's been going on. They are still betting favorites. They are now betting favorites ahead of the chiefs um, to win the Super Bowl. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you look at the playoff race, the new league year hasn't even started yet. It starts next year, but let's talk about playoffs. I guarantee every spot for the AFC is going to have a franchise perennial talent quarterback sitting in that spot. You're not going to, unless something crazy happens, you're not going to have some random Cinderella story team that comes out of nowhere and makes a run. That's just not going to happen in the AFC anymore for the next five years. It's going to be Josh Allen. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes. It's going to probably be Justin Herbert now, right? You've got, Russ is thrown in there. You've got Joe Burrow in there. Lamar Jackson. Maybe, right? I mean, it's it's busy and it's complicated. Um, which, who, know, who knows what the Colts are going to do, too? Yeah, they just got rid of Carson Wentz. Um, there's were, uh, rumors that they're in the running for Jimmy Garoppolo. So that doesn't help anything. He's not great, but. Deshaun Watson's very much up in the air, and if he can play, he's an elite quarterback, but who knows yeah, what's going to happen. There's rumors connecting him to Pittsburgh. We'll see if that happens, um, right? Friday's the um, court case with all that. But, yeah, so the AFC now is a landing spot for top talent in the league. Um, so it doesn't make your job easier if you're the Buffalo Bills, if you're Brandon Bean, if you're Sean McDermott. Which transition leads you to, okay, we know we have this window open for us to do something and go get this championship. So Brandon being in the front office, better be on the phones night and day trying to figure out what they can do, what pieces they can pull in to build up this roster and go get that championship. Because it's not getting easier and it's not going to get any easier the further you get down the line. You've got players getting older, you've got money kind of stacking up that needs to be paid soon. Brandon Bean has said many times that he doesn't like restructuring contracts to push that can down the road, right? He said that Bill's got to be paid eventually. So you got to think about money, even though salary cap keeps going up and will continue to go up, still has to be something you need to think about. Like I said, you've got players getting older, teams are getting better. Who knows what's going to happen year in and year out? So you have like it, 
no excuses anymore, right? You have to go out and secure a roster that's going to win your championship. You're 13 seconds away from it this year. You, you can't have that next year. It, it just no excuses. Um, so go out and get big name free agencies, make trades, make splashes, right? I mean, it sucks, but that's going to mean you trade away players that fans like, that people like and wanted to see on this team. But if that's what gets you draft capital, if that's what gets you, a, you know, more cap room to sign a bigger name player like a Bobby Wagner or, I don't know, name any of the other free agents that are out there um, that could come here and make a difference, right? Like Chandler Jones. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, any wide receivers that are out there, all the running backs, right? All, all those players we've talked about in past episodes. You just, you have to do it. It's going to suck, right? It's going to feel weird. There's rumors going on right now about Tremaine Edmonds potentially um, going to Pittsburgh. He might be being uh, shopped around, right? We talked about Cole, Be- Cole Beasley is allowed to go shop his name around. Like, we're going to start losing players that maybe you don't want to lose, right? Maybe Harry doesn't come back as much as he should. Maybe he doesn't, right? Maybe they've got other plans with that money that they want to use it for. Um, Star might not come back. Jerry Hughes probably won't come back. So these names that you want to see here, uh, you want to see extended might not happen because there's probably another vet out there who, and we've talked about, right? You say, hey, give us your last one to two years. Let's get you a ring on your way out. Help us get over that hump. And th- those are the tough decisions that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and the whole staff are going to have to make. And it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be great. But you think the Seahawks wanted to trade away Russell Wilson? Probably not. So, but teams have to make this decision. It happens in the NBA all the time right? Like these big name trades happen all the time. I mean, I feel like there's no loyalty in the NBA, right? They just throw players around like it's a fantasy team. So we're in for a ride. Um, Free agency opens up the 16th uh, next week. Is that next Wednesday? Um, And then shit gets real. We see what happens. We see what Brandon Means made of. We see if he's playing the smoke and mirrors game like he always does, or if there's some truth to some rumors. I mean, um, I've, you've, you've heard it before from the like Buffalo beat reporters that if you see any rumors about the bills and another team doing business nine times out of 10, that is coming from the other team. It is a, it is Fort Knox within one bills drive. They do not let things out. They do not let information out. Um, so We'll see. Careful what you read on the internet. I mean, that's just general life advice, but <laughs> especially uh, within the next week or so, um, anything can happen. But I think it's safe to say Josh Allen's probably not going anywhere. I'll give you that guarantee. Yeah. Um, the the first thought after the Russ trade went down is, regardless of what you think about Russell Wilson, whether you think he is a little bit past his prime or – he is more towards the back end of that 10, 15 range as far as NFL quarterbacks go. That's still a very good team now. They are they have been a team for a few years now that's been a quarterback away. You know, they have, you know, Bradley Chubb, Patrick Sertan, um, Justin Simmons on that defense. 
Now they have Russell Wilson with Javante Williams and Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Yes, they had to get rid of Noah Fant, but still a very, you know, good coach team. They're bringing some stuff over from the Packers. Hopefully we don't have to see them, you know, in the playoffs because they could be a very tough out, especially defensively. But I wouldn't say hot seat, but pressure seat, I think – Sean McDermott just became the most pressured coach in the NFL after this trade, because there's already some rumblings, as I mentioned before, that there's some animosity, whether that's some of the players. I mean, we've seen it with Isaiah McKenzie and Sean McDermott and some of the other guys, I mean, Quentin Spain vocally talked about it after he left. He didn't always see eye to eye. You know, he's not really willing to talk about the 13 seconds. He's kind of just, moving past it, acting like it didn't happen. They're going to learn and grow from it, which from a guy that's always like, you know, be accountable and do this and do that. It's not really living up to that. Brandon Beans addressed it a few times already during draft media, but Sean really hasn't. And, you know, the Cinderella honeymoon period for the Bills that you, you know, have talked about before as far as like, we're the bills. We're a happy go lucky team. Like that bullshit's done. This is a team that is competing for super bowls from here on out. And, you know, you see the tweets of, you know, Bill Belichick, Marv Levy, you know, shit, Andy Reid. these guys didn't make championship games or win super bowls till seven, eight, nine years into their, you know, head coaching career. So yes, McDermott still has some time, but you've been to an AFC championship now. You were 13 seconds away from hosting an AFC championship and more than likely going to a Super Bowl in which you had a very, very good chance to win based on your team's health, what happened. Now, granted, OBJ might not get hurt if he plays against the Bills. Who knows how that game would have went. But the thought's still there. Like, you have to take advantage. You know, we were talking about this window. We talk about how we probably have maybe four to five years now with this great core, with Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, all these guys. Well, now suddenly that window might be going down to maybe it's only one to three years. I always think about, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and J.J. Reddick's one of my favorites as far as NBA goes. You know, he talked about how when he went to the NBA finals with Orlando, he kind of looked around like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to be back here one day. And then he never went to another NBA finals the rest of his career. Like as much as we want to sit here and believe the bills are ready to go to the Super Bowl, And we have the next one to five years to go win one. That's never guaranteed when Russell Wilson's coming in, Justin Herbert's going to continue to develop, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to continue to be great. Um, who knows with Mac Jones and, you know, to attack of Iola. Now that he's got a new coach, who knows what can happen there. We don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. We don't know what's going to happen in Indianapolis. Maybe they go get a good quarterback, or maybe one of these draft picks is way better than what people are thinking. And the pressure on both Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean has significantly intensified. I will say Josh Allen's deal looks really good right now based on what the money is being thrown around with these quarterbacks, but – I'm waiting on the edge of my seat this next week and a half or so because I mentioned to you when we were talking, you know, Bean swung for the fences, brought in Stephon Diggs. 
And that is going to be, if the Bills can win a Super Bowl, that trade is going to be one of the pedestals of what got us there. And so far in his tenure, we've never gone out and really made a trade or signed a huge name free agent on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, we filled in pieces, but we've never went out and gotten a big milestone name, like a JJ Watt type name. So I'm waiting to see if next week you start seeing some phone calls being made. There's a lot of names being thrown around. Dexter Lawrence on the Cowboys, you know, Khalil Mack is another name. Um, you know, who knows who's actually available in that. No one really would have thought Stefan Diggs was available and Brandon Bean made multiple calls. Let's see if he circles around on a guy like Brandon Cooks that we've had reported interest in before. Well, we're going to get a lot of things, and I think Brandon Bean's going to swing for the fences and give this team a great opportunity to win. But then once again, it comes down to Sean McDermott putting this team in position to win, especially when Brian Dable leaves. There's obviously some bad blood, so to speak, there, according to you know a lot of reports. Obviously, we're happy to get Ken Dorsey back. Let's see what happens. And you also gave me a look while I was saying that of like something happened. So I'm just going to let you uh, go ahead and do that. So breaking news in the, in the moment, um, John Feliciano will no longer be with the bills. He's tweeted four minutes ago. It's been great buff with the deuces emoji. Uh, and then said, love y'all to bills mafia. A more formal goodbye is on the way. So, there you go. I just got done saying, look for players that you like, that you love, that you thought would be here to be on their way out. And there you go. There's the first one. John Feliciano. Um, AJ Klein look, yesterday. AJ Klein yesterday. Um, we're going to see these cat, you know, these cap casualties. And to follow up on that, I'm just reading now, Matt Perino, the Bills release guard, John Feliciano. I'm told the team approached him, hoping he'd be willing to take a pay cut. He was not, and now he'll hit the open market, something he avoided last year by re-signing right before free agency. So this was also something we kind of had talked about before of the way they structured his deal last year. This could have been a scenario we saw coming, and the way Ike Bakker, Ryan Bates, and these other guys you know, played, and yes, they still have a little bit of an investment in Cody Ford. Who knows what's going to happen there? But um, the writing was kind of on the wall. Um, for John Feliciano and you know as great as they were to Buffalo and he was I loved him on the team same with AJ Klein um, the dominoes are starting to fall and now that definitely puts you know yesterday after the Klein thing they were I believe one million over the cap I believe they're probably two to three million you know under it now so um, peace are starting to fall we'll see what happens with Beasley, Latule, um, guys like that and I think it's going to be one hell of a ride for the Bills. I think one day there's going to be a, a bean bomb somewhere in there. We just don't know who it's going to be, if it's going to be a big trade for the draft, free agency. Um, we'll just have to kind of wait and see. There's a lot of names being thrown around there. Gronk again being rumored to Buffalo. Um, just a lot to be thinking about as a Bills fan. Yeah, I mean – I guess it's fun though, right? I mean, in years past, we were playing the who's going to be our quarterback game, right? <laughs> um, but now we get to play which free agent stud wants to come 
play in Buffalo. Um, and there's some reports that there's some free agents calling the Bills saying they're yeah. interested, like talk to my agent, which yeah, is when, very when, unusual. When was the last time that happened? Who knows? I probably wasn't alive for it. <laughs> um, I mean, right, the last big free agent splash signing was what Mario Williams when he was snowed in and had no choice but to sign with the Bills. T.O. <laughs> yeah, that's right. T.O. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you you got Gronk, you've got um, what Christian Kirk was partying with Josh um, last week. What a uh, trio that would be. Yeah, there's another receiver or bigger name. I can't remember. But... Kelvin Ridley. Oh, too too soon. Oh, I wouldn't bet on him coming. <laughs> um, but either way, right? You've got the world at your fingertips. Um, so don't fuck it up, which I don't think Bean will. Um, and just be prepared for a whole different roster, uh, which is sad, right? I mean, it's really sad. You, especially in Buffalo, right? Like you, these guys aren't just, players right they are your neighbors you get to know them as people and not to say that doesn't happen in other cities but i feel like it's a little different in buffalo um so you root for them as humans in addition to as um right a football player on your favorite team so um we'll see what happens we're nowhere near being done uh with all these rumors and moves so we'll see what happens is there now that Russ is in the AFC and obviously other teams are making moves and there's that added pressure with, there's definitely a lot of noise around the bills, whether positive or negative, which can be very Jekyll and Hyde with this team, as far as how they've been able to handle it. We've seen them, you know, take a lot of losses. I mean, look at the Jaguars game, but then you have the high of highs of just destroying the Patriots and rising to the moment in the playoffs and even in the regular season when people thought the Bills were falling off a cliff. Is there a specific thing that you specifically would look for as far as are you targeting a specific position now in round one, or is there a sexy name that you like in the draft, or is there a free agent that we haven't talked about that you're like, you know what, now I kind of want to see them find some cap space and make a run at this guy? Is there a trade target that's a bigger name that you're maybe thinking about now that you're like, oh, shit, our window maybe isn't as open as we thought this name could be a guy that maybe I should consider now? Um, as far as, like, <clears throat> position in the first round, so I was going into this week, I was on the camp of you draft – O-linemen, D-linemen, and cornerbacks, you know, defensive backs, secondary, until the cows come home. But, I mean, with all the news of these wide receivers at the Combine wanting to come play with Josh, and there's some incredible talent there saying they want to come play, depending on who's out there in free agency or conversations that are being had, maybe you do take a run at a, a young fast flashy wide receiver with your first pick um we've got what 25 25 25 so 
yeah, there's probably still a stud there waiting for you. Williams, Chris Olave is another guy that talked about Stefan Diggs at length. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm not again, that's definitely something that changed for me. Um, right. We talked about in this season wrap up, you got to get faster on offense. And now, um, I guess it comes down to philosophy for the team with these, all these stud quarterbacks and these teams that are getting beefed up. Do you try to outscore them and beef up your offense, or do you want to try to stop them and beef up your defense? It's going to depend on philosophy. What way is the new offensive staff going to go with? What's that mindset? Um, is McDermott going to stop his toxicity and let them do that? I don't think he's toxic, so don't run with that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I mean, entertainment purposes, sure, let's outscore teams. It's fun. It's exciting. You use your weapons. You let Josh eat and do what he does best. But the defense needs help. Um, so maybe you lean towards defense and free agency and offense in the draft. Um, I think the draft is a little more stacked in favor of the offense anyway. Um, I don't know that for sure. I haven't really done – extensive research into it but just from what i've seen um that seems to be kind of where the cards are falling but um yeah i think i just talked my into myself into that build your defense and free agency uh secure your offense in the draft Chandler Jones is kind of the name that I've been circling now. It seems like they definitely have to make some room to get um, his cap. Obviously, if he wasn't franchise tagged by the Cardinals, yeah. he might be a guy that maybe he'll come play for a team. You like the Bills, knowing that they have a Super Bowl window more so than the Cardinals. seems like there's a lot of tension going on there. Um, Shaq Lawson tweeted today about wanting to come back. Jordan Poyer. You know, definitely eyeball emoji. And then literally two minutes ago, uh, Stefan Diggs commented under it, yes, Sersky. Um, yeah. So obviously he'd be a depth guy, but I feel like a name like Chandler Jones or even a Khalil Mack, I mean, that cap hit would have to be, then again, cap flexibility in the NFL somehow always gets worked out as far as teams are sitting there 50 million over and then all of a sudden they're 10 million under. It's crazy. Um, Cam Jordan's another one that I've kind of been lurking over as far as the saints aren't really in the best shape he's getting towards the late end of his career and i just there's not a lot of cornerback to me is the number one thing but trade wise i feel like cornerback's one of the toughest positions to trade for just giving up the amount of assets because cornerback is such a hot commodity um jc jackson didn't get tagged by the patriots but i don't think he'd probably come here um, and also part of me is kind of just like if we can get some secondary corner to compete with a Levi Wallace and you get a Chandler Jones, Khalil Mack, whoever, if you, in the development of Greg Rousseau, I think getting that extra pressure and not having Mahomes or Herbert or whoever have that extra two seconds would really help out Poyer and Hyde and Trey you know, we got exposed when Mahomes had all that time and, you know, the playoffs and obviously not having trade didn't help that. But I just think the more pressure you can create, the better it's going to 
you know, help make our back end look better. Even the linebackers in Milano and Edmonds, it's a very, but I'm with you. I, I really like the offensive draft class. I mean, Johnson, uh, the Boston college offensive lineman, he's already a Buffalo favorite because he said, you know, the bills are the only New York team, you know, so, and you know, Boston college is always putting out great offensive linemen. So (laughs) Never can go wrong there, but I mean, Jamison Williams, any of those guys, even John Mechie in the second round from Alabama, especially if a guy like McKenzie leaves, you got to add some speed, and I'm definitely not against um, adding any of those guys. Yeah, when you have, I forget his name, um, but he played with Spencer Brown at Northern Iowa, uh, or was it Northern Illinois or Northern, or yeah, Northern Iowa, um, right? They played together, Spencer. It came out during the uh, combine that right Spencer's been helping him. Um, so, you know, you've got that as an option, but I think the defensive line is young. We've got enough kind of developing players there that you need that anchor stud vet to come in and kind of help put you over the edge. Um, so that's why I think you leave the defense, um, to free agency, right? You stock the defense through free agency. You find a guy who has a little bit left in the tank, has been around the league a little bit, has that experience, um, and you help this young defensive line get over that hump. Um, And you find someone not named J.C. Jackson in the secondary to help out back there if something were to happen again, right? So you don't get burned like the Tampa game, right? That Tampa game, the second half, right? We've talked about it. it was a turning point, blah, blah, blah. But like the only time not having Trey hurt you in that game was on the game winning touchdown, you know? So it's like, that can't happen again. You have to solidify that with some vet presence, vet experience, guys who aren't bubble roster guys to solid backups, third strings, right? It's got to be that solid vet presence who can go hand in hand with Trey and help you back there. So we'll see what happens. A lot to happen. Who knows what Bean's thinking? Um, But I I trust them. I trust what they're going to do. And Last two questions quick before we kind of transition to the Sabres. I already know what the answer is to one of them, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, Cole Beasley, do you want him here next year? Do you not? What's your opinion on that? And then uh, favorite to be Josh Allen's backup as it looks like Trubisky is going to be either a Giant or a Seahawk or wherever. Um, I'll answer the last question first. If Fitzy doesn't retire, I now think there's a real chance with him coming back up here for a year or two. Um, so I would take that. Um, I don't really know any. I don't know. There's so much quarterback. This is what the third year in a row that there's going to be so much quarterback movement. I mean, and it all hinged on what Aaron Rodgers was going to do. Right. I mean, as soon as Rogers said he was going back to green Bay, then the, the dominoes started falling rust to uh, Denver and Carson to Washington. So um, we'll see. I mean, the Colts need a quarterback. Um, Pittsburgh's going to need a quarterback. 
there's just a lot of teams out there who have question marks and there's not that many free agents, but, um, Oh man. I don't know. I, I would like to see Fitzy come back. Uh, or Andy Dalton, right? Andy Dalton was the name I gave when we did this, um, segment before. So yeah, give me Andy Dalton. Give me Andy Dalton or Fitzy. I'm sticking with that. Uh, and then as far as Beasley's concerned, I don't know, give or take, what are you getting for him? Are you getting anything better than a third? Let's call it either a fourth round pick or like a five and seven. Are you getting a player or no, just picks? Just picks. Getting... Hmm. If it's a five and a seven, keep him. If it's a third, send him on his way. Um, it's going to depend on what you can get for him. I mean, he's been great for you. He's caused drama, but it's – is it fake drama? Whatever. I I will I say it is pretty funny that the NFL just lifted all of the COVID <laughs> restrictions and everything. Yeah. Uh, comedic timing is always great. But um, I don't know. It, it depends on what you can get for him. I mean, he's not a guy that I'm going to say pound the table and say he has to come back, take take it back, say psych, say he can't look for a trade. You, If you can get something good for him, okay, see ya. Next up. Um, so, eh, I don't know. No love lost if he leaves and you get us a good return. Yeah, I, I would like to see him come back, but if the opportunity presents itself to get a guy like Christian Kirk or an Allen Robinson or any of those kind of guys and moving off of his contract and help you get younger and better at that position. Um, I'm all about doing it. That being said, I mean, Colby's is still one of the best slot receivers in the NFL and very, you know, good at getting open on third down and being a security blanket for Josh. So I would hope maybe he would consider taking a pay cut, but based on what has been transpiring, I doubt that that's going to happen. So uh, we'll have to see. Yeah, I will say it is worrying me more and more that we haven't heard anything about the Bills and Isaiah. I think he's done, though. Yeah, so that's disappointing. That maybe changes things when it comes to Cole, right? Because before I said, all right, get rid of Cole, but put Isaiah in. I don't think that's going to happen. So, yeah, maybe you you do need to get a good return for Cole Beasley um, to make up because essentially it's is this return going to be good enough to get rid of Isaiah and Cole right so it's you're essentially trading Cole and Isaiah obviously Isaiah is not moving with Cole but you can look at it that way you are losing two players to play to fill in that spot and you're just going to lose them so it's got to be good enough to warrant losing both of them you can even throw Emmanuel Sanders in that combo too, as far as target share and losing yeah. his targets. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't see him playing more than a year with us anyway. No, but yeah, I mean, his position is now open. Yeah. So yeah, and then backup quarterback wise, you know, my answer is Tyrod Taylor, but that's <laughs> besides the point. Um, right. So transitioning to the Sabers, yeah, busy week, reunion week. Uh, 
Sabres got absolutely waxed yesterday by the Panthers. Six to one was disgusting. Uh, Sam Reinhardt gets an assist. Brandon Montour goal and assist. Nice little tribute video for them. Not very long. I didn't think it was very well done, to be quite honest with you. As far, I mean, it's hard because you're incorporating multiple players. I mean, they even threw uh, Jonas Johansson in there for the few games he played in goal for Buffalo. But I don't know for what Reinhardt did, and he was never caused really any issues. I thought he kind of deserved his own little like one minute thank you. And he was very, I mean, they showed it when they traded him that he called back and was like frustrated that he couldn't make it work in Buffalo. Um, so there's that tomorrow, probably the most circled game on the Sabres calendar all year, the return of Jack yep. Eichel um, spoke to the media today. I was actually kind of surprised. I thought he spoke pretty highly of Buffalo, even when they asked him about the Pagulas and whatnot, it could have been very easy for him to kind of call him out or take shots at him. And he kind of just said, you know, I'm grateful they drafted me. They treated my family. Well, they stuck to their thing with their doctor. I stuck with mine. And I hope, you know, the fans can accept that. I'm very interested to see what tomorrow's game is going to be because it's already been announced. There's going to be a tribute video for him. I don't know what the reception is going to be. Part of me wants to think it's going to be a good amount of cheers because he did always, like I said, leave it all out there for when he was on the ice. And it wasn't really his fault that they were losing. Um, but just kind of the way things ended, I feel like there is going to be a decent amount of booze as well. I think you should anticipate it's going to be the highest selling game of the year. I think it's probably going to have the most fans we've seen. Um, to, from what I've seen on Twitter and whatnot, people wanting to go to the game. But uh, I think it's going to be a ruckus atmosphere. And then to cap that off, a few days later on Sunday, we get to have the Heritage Classic against Toronto. So very, you know, jam-pulled week for Sabres fans, even though we got killed yesterday. Hopefully they can uh, turn things around and maybe pick up a win. Vegas has kind of been stumbling lately. Maybe we can get their pick this year and that, 15 range ish. And then maybe we can just play spoiler once again to Toronto on Sunday, but uh, Jack's return thoughts on that game for tomorrow. Um, definitely going to be booze. 100%. I mean, that's just how people are these days. Uh, tickets on StubHub. You can go for 50 bucks. So um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I liked what he said. He took the high road. Um, maybe he's been doing some growing up in Vegas, which interesting phrase to say, doing growing up in Vegas. Um, but, I mean, he got what he wanted. He won at the end of it. Let's be honest. He won. He got what he wanted. He's out. He's with a different team. Um, he's the hero now. So I mean, he had, I, he's got nothing to be mad about against the Sabres. I mean, it's over and done with. Um, so, I mean, he, he still, he still took shots. I mean, right. He mentioned how many times did he mention, Oh, wish we could have done something. Blah, blah, blah. Wish we could have won something for Rick Jenneret. Wish we could have won something here. And it's like, right, we get it. They sucked while you were here. We get it. Um, but whatever bygones be bygones. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, I don't know, maybe someone punches him in the face. Um, I doubt it, but I don't know. 
we'll see. Uh, I'm definitely, it's must watch television. I tell you that much, right? I mean, I don't really schedule things around Sabres games lately, if we're being honest, but this one I'm not missing. Um, I might even drive back up to Buffalo a day early. I'm going home this weekend. Maybe I go up to we'll go to the game. Doubtful, but um, I just want an entertaining game. I don't want to be blown out, right? Like I like with Reinhardt's you know, playing against him. We got our asses handed to us. I don't want that against Jack. Be competitive. Um, kind of like, it's kind of like, right, when you see your ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend, you want to look like you're okay, right? You you don't want to look like a mess. You don't want to make them think they won the breakup. Um, you want to put on a good show. So do that. You don't have to win. It'd be nice to win, but just don't look decrepit like you did don't lose six to one yeah but. i mean jacks looked i mean i don't think he's back to 100 percent yet but from all indications and in, i was listening to the lockdown sabers where they had a crossover with the vegas um lockdown and they just said they're already blown away with how better or how much better he is than like every other player on the ice and he's played pretty well so far i mean he's not the reason again why they're you know, having this thunder. I mean, he's he scored a game-winning goal the other day with a few seconds left. And I did think um, it was a little interesting. I thought Dylan Cousins' answer today when they asked him about Jack and stuff, because him and Middlestat were the ones that were pretty, you know, Jack was very good to me. He took me under the wing. And they were pretty pressing on him of like, oh, like why is the locker room culture changed and blah, blah, blah. And you know, Dylan, it's a tough situation for him to answer that being a young leader. But I yeah. thought the answer he gave as far as he said, our room lost our captain. He was great to me. Kind of spoke some volumes as far as, you know, you could say what you want about Jack and everyone knows that maybe he wasn't the greatest captain. He was thrust into a role he probably wasn't ready for. But from all indications between Olofsson, Middlestat, Cousins, he did take these guys under his wing. And I think it's you know, at least good that they gave him that credit for all the other shit that he has gotten um, since he left Buffalo. But like you said, I think I'm just more rooting for an entertaining game more than anything. Honestly, I'm looking more forward to the Heritage Classic because there's nothing I love more than making Toronto look dumb. But um, tomorrow's game is going to be um, interesting. And I, if I could bet in Florida, which I can't, um, thank you, Kelvin Ridley, once again. But um, I would be putting money on Jack Eichel to score tomorrow. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have made a lot of money on former Sabres scoring against the Sabres when they play them. So, um, but I mean, back to moving on from the situation, the play, I, it's evident the players have moved on. Who knows what the Vagulas think? I mean, no one knows what the Vagulas The Vagulas don't even know what the Vagulas think. But, right, the players, bygones be bygones, like I said. They know hard feelings. They understand the business. They understand the situation. Um, I mean, I can't blame Jack from getting wanting to get out of the mess that was Buffalo. I mean, um, but he's going to have to deal with the fans and their predictable fan petty behavior. Um, in reaction to him coming back. So um, I'm sure it won't be fun for him. I don't know if it'll be emotional for him. I don't know how he truly feels about the city, but um, it'll be interesting to see. And kind of last note on the Sabres before I kind of want to let you talk about going to the Bandits on Saturday. 
Um, yeah. I don't want to get too deep into it because I really just don't feel like getting this wild up at this point in the episode and at night. But can we just take one second to talk about um, the complete and utter lack of awareness by Kim Pagula when she does interviews? Jeez. Oh, I forgot like, it. And to be fair, they w- it's very easy on social media to misconstrue quotes, and it wasn't like the full quote, and it was more talking about the season ticket layover, like which to that point is sort of correct as far as there probably isn't that much of a crossover between Bills and Sabres season ticket holders right now. But to just say there's no real I, – I don't even have the – I'll have to pull up the quote in front of me. Um, um, because I know I sent it to you, but the original clickbait quote was Kim Bagula said there isn't a ton of crossover between Buffalo Sabres and Bills fans. That's the the, one, (laughs) the more context quote, which in my opinion does not help her. She said, We don't have a ton of crossover, actually, believe it or not. We have a few, but not as many as you would think that living in the same market, they would be a ticket buyer to both. I just... Like, let's just take a moment here to talk about you... Not getting worked up. Not getting worked up. <laughs> um, like, this city lives and breathes Buffalo sports, good or bad. You already are a lackluster, and that's being very generous as a Sabres owner. Like, when was the last time you watched a Sabres game and you saw the Pagula shown on the screen as being there or they've had a press conference or any sort of thing to address the franchise or have renovated the arena or done anything to make the fan experience better? Can you name the last time? Because I sure as shit can't. I don't even remember anything coming out about them when the Eichel trade happened at all. The only things I ever see from them is when they change some sort of COVID rule and it's Bagula Sports Entertainment and you see it across the Bills, the Bandits, and the Sabres all at the same time. Which, though, I mean, they're incompetent. Maybe not the worst thing in the world, but continue. Um, Just the complete and utter lack of awareness of – Kevin Adams and Don Granato are trying to build something. You are the one that has preached one Buffalo up and down the streets since you got here. And that is the farthest thing from one Buffalo, not to mention before you took over the Sabres for the last 10 years before that were one of the most dominant teams in hockey And the Bills sucked, and we were still selling out the Ralph because everyone loves the city of Buffalo and they love their sports teams. And, yes, the attendance is down this year, but even before this year when the team sucked and we weren't winning games and weren't going to the playoffs, they were still putting up decent attendance numbers. There's a reason why when the Stanley Cup finals are on, outside of the two cities that are actually in it, Buffalo, New York is number like two or three in every single statistical category of watching hockey. This city is dying to have a good hockey team again. 
to go along with this great Bills team. When was the last time we had that? Drew Bledsoe's year where they almost made the playoffs losing the Steelers was probably the last time where the Sabres were good and the Bills were at least respectable. Like, I couldn't even imagine when the Bills were making the Super Bowl runs and the Sabres were at least still decent and the city was buzzing. It would be even more buzzing now. It's just so frustrating that the owners of your team have no awareness whatsoever, are doing nothing to make the Sabres better experience for the fans, and clearly just have no accountability whatsoever of, yes, the Sabres suck, and that's part of the reason why the attendance is down this year, but a lot of the reason the attendance is down is because they're fed up with the fucking bullshit that you've put them through. You've traded their three best players they've had, I mean, going all the way back to when they traded Ryan Miller and ran him out of town, I'm sure there's going to be millions of stories on spitting chicklets when players' careers are over shitting on Buffalo and shitting on the Pagoulas of why the Sabres sucked. Like, it's just mind-boggling sometimes that, I don't know. Like, again, I'm I'm happy that – I'm happy that there's people like her in the positions they are because it's good to get – more women involved in sports and, you know, have them higher up. And I think it's good for like just general like sporting and like, it's good to have women and diversity and everything, but the complete lack of awareness by them as a whole, since they took over, especially in regards to the Sabres is just absolutely mind boggling to me. Yeah. I mean, her comments, whether you put it in context or out of context is incredibly embarrassing it's so like unaware, right? Like just have some common sense and just, they, they are just so good at blaming everyone else for them ruining the team. Right. I mean, just take some ownership. You fucked up when you bought the team, not buying the team, uh, maybe, but when you bought right, the moves you made that you thought were the right moves, you fucked up. Right. And it's taking you, this long, ten, uh, eight years, no, more than that, 10 11, years. Going on 11 years. Yeah, to finally dig yourself out of that hole. But, I mean, the fans are never going to forgive you for it, ever. It does not matter what you're building now. At least I won't. I mean, the petty- Academy Awards that Terry put on when I was at the game of, I mean, I'll never forget when he took over And in the opening press conference, like I'll never forget that day of him crying, looking at Gilbert Perot in the first row and him saying the sole reason for existence is for the Buffalo Sabres to win a fucking Stanley Cup. And we have been the fucking worst team in the NHL. And the only reason we're not the biggest laughing stock is because the Arizona Coyotes are playing at Arizona State next year. That's about it, and we're finally starting to look a little bit competent as far as we're building some young pieces and whatnot. But even then, like, it just – he doesn't care about the Sabres like he does the Bills, which, honestly, I don't care as much about because I love the Bills probably more than the Sabres. But as a Buffalo sports fan who does love both teams, um, Miss Pagula, like, just – such a shit show like biggest oscar nomination ever should go to terry pagula for that load of bullshit that came out of his mouth that day 
Yeah, I don't want to belittle the point anymore, but I just they don't do themselves any favors. I mean, it's just stupid moves, stupid mistakes, stupid slip of the tongue with what they say. It's just like, shut up, back up, go build your yacht, and let the professionals run the teams, right? They did that with the Bills. They're starting to do that with the Sabres. Thank you for buying them. Thank you for drilling holes into the ground. Just go, go away now. You know, so uh, we'll see. And then, but winning cures all, though. So sure. Sabers start winning, make playoff runs the next two years, three years. Who knows? Um, that's pretty much it for Bills and Sabers. But Bandits are rolling still, nine and one. Uh, you're going home this weekend. You're going to go to the game. Uh, yep. Any little preview you want to give to listeners before we kind of close the show? Yeah. So like you said, they are on fire. Um, nine and one. They won their last game in overtime, but it was like 20 seconds into overtime. Should not have gone to overtime, um, but they are they're cooking. They're fun to watch. I've been saying this all year. Um, they play Philadelphia this weekend, um, Saturday, and it's it's going to be another good game. Um, it's a great matchup. It's probably going to get physical again. I mean, this Bandits team is a very physical, hard-nosed team. They're not afraid to get in your face, in the opponent's face, pick fights, and just out play out power their opponent um it's they're fun to watch their the chemistry on this team is incredible i mean a lot of them play together in the pll they've played together in other the other professional leagues that have been out there um in college so it's just that's it's really fun to watch so if you can catch them on espn i recommend it if you're in buffalo and have nothing going on saturday night I recommend you go to the game. It's just, it's a fun environment. The team is on a roll um, and they're, they're making moves. I mean, no one's, no one's going to catch them. Um, There's a couple other teams that are close, but just the way this team is playing and how they're just able to score in so many crazy scenarios um, at different times. It just, um, I'm excited to see, how the rest of the season plays out. So we're about halfway through the back half ish of the season. Um, so it's a lot, a lot more lacrosse to be played um, a lot of wins to stack up, but um, yeah, it's a good time to be a bandits fan. Yeah. And if you haven't seen uh, Dane Smith play in person, that's just a show in itself. If you're a lacrosse Absolutely. fan, cause he's electric for sure. So like you said, if you haven't noticed, they're on ESPN now. Like you've been talking about the last few episodes, so definitely give them a look. Um, but that's pretty much it for today. I'm sure we're going to have a lot more content next week with a lot more roster cuts for the Bills. Um, we'll see how the Sabres do in the Heritage Classic. We'll get to talk about that. Jack's return, how that goes. Probably get a little recap from um, you with the Bandits game, and hopefully we got some other cool things um, coming up shortly. But uh, if you don't follow us on Instagram, please give us a follow there at English Encore Podcast. We've been posting some cool clips there from our last uh, few episodes, so keep an eye there for this weekend. I'll probably post some more from this uh, this week's show, but uh, we appreciate everyone for tuning in. As always, this has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. 
action. Allen and Diggs. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.